Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week I was talking about the fullness of God. And the Holy Ghost hit on one of the God's names. So that's where we spent the rest of the service. So we're going to pick right back up and do it again. Hallelujah. Because to understand the fullness of God, we've got to understand, we've got to know something about God. We've got to know Him. Hallelujah. We've got to know Him. Let's go to Psalms 23. You know, I thought Psalms 23 was a scripture that you put on tombstones. Until I really got to, began to get an understanding of it. Because that's where you see it at most times. You can go to any, any graveyard and look around and then you will find Psalms 23. Psalms 23 is for the living as well. It's more so for the living. Psalms 23. Well, the name we're fixing to start with is called Jehovah-Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's the key right there. The Lord is my shepherd. He's Pastor Dana's shepherd also, but if he's just her shepherd, even though I'm married to her, he's still not my shepherd. He's got to be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Then the end of that one verse says, I shall not want. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That one name right there, Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd, is enough that we could live off of it. We should be excited about that. If we don't know any other thing about him, about God, that he is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means God protects me, God provides for me, God leads me. He is my shepherd. So if you look at these, that one verse, see, actually declares complete victory. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is, that's complete victory, Miss Sue, right there. 
But then in ver the verses uh, uh, going past that, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, they actually tell you about verse 1. It says in verse 2, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. This is part of I shall not want. He restores my soul. My soul doesn't want for anything if he's my shepherd. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness. One of the words for righteousness in that scripture is prosperity. He leads me in the, in the paths that I will prosper in. He leads me in the paths that I will be right with God in. That's what righteousness means. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, if you back up to verse 3, it says he's going to lead me in the paths of righteousness. And then verse 4, he turns around and says that my path is fixing to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That almost sounds contradictory. But God knows what he's doing. Because when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, people sometimes have this concept that they get saved, God's going to fix everything, it's going to be just perfect, their life is going to just flow, just real smooth. No, that's not how it works. We still live on the same planet. He didn't transport us to another planet where there's no evil. We still live here. We still live amongst everything. Verse 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God prepares provision right in the middle of your circumstance. He prepares provision in the middle of your, of your enemies. Sometimes it requires us confronting the enemy for the provision to come. It says, Thou anointest my head with oil. He anoints you in the middle of, in the presence of your enemies. My cup runs over in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what happens because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's the benefits of the Lord is my shepherd. The name of this message this morning is called Emmanuel. Let's go to Matthew 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. I, I'm going to try and show us this morning 
what we actually have. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 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 God came to earth in the form of Jesus to be with us. God with us. Emmanuel actually means to strike with astonishment, to amaze. Do you know that Jesus? Do you know the one that when he shows up, you're amazed? Do you know the one that when he shows up, you're astonished because he walked in? That's who showed up. That's the Emmanuel. God with us. If we're not amazed at Jesus, then we haven't met him. I'm pretty cut and dry. I'm, I'm, I've always been that way. It's either, it's either this way or that way. It's either right or wrong. Left or right. <laughs> so that's why I say things like that. If you're not amazed when Jesus shows up, then you haven't met him. Because you cannot help but be amazed when he shows up. Hallelujah. I've read this. can't remember who, what the book was I was reading. But the person made this statement. Jesus entered space and time to become one of us. So that we might be with God forever. Because in heaven, space and time are irrelevant. Time has no meaning. In heaven, eternity exists. There is no space. I mean, it's forever. Hallelujah. Jesus chose to enter into this realm where we live, the, in, the realm of space and time, so that we could enter into the realm that he came from. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's go over to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Let's start with verse 9. You know, this is the Lord's Prayer. They ask him how to pray, and this is what he says. He says, After this manner pray, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And in verse 10 it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He said, this is how you pray. And what they didn't realize, they were actually looking at the reality of what he just said. Did you get that? When he said, thy kingdom come, this is how you pray, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom was sitting right there in front of them. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus was sitting there teaching them. Thy kingdom, and they didn't even see it. Thy will be done. He said, Thy will be done on in earth as it is in heaven. Thy will, God's will, was sitting right there talking to him. He was teaching them what they were actually looking at, and they didn't see it. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Their daily bread was sitting right there in their presence. <laughs> and they didn't even see it. We can be in the presence of God and not even see him. Their daily bread was teaching them. He was feeding them daily bread, and he was sitting right there. Then verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The forgiver of all debts was sitting right in the middle of them. Telling them, this is how you pray. You got to forgive. And the forgiver of all debts was right there. Emmanuel. God was sitting in their midst. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The very one that could deliver them and set them free. See, they, they pray in this, but the very one that can set you free was right there. The very one that could set them free was sitting right there. The very one that could cast down the vain imaginations. The very one that could cast out the devils in them. The very one that could break the spirit of poverty off of them was sitting right there in their midst teaching them. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, God walked with Adam and Eve. Emmanuel, Jesus, walked with his disciples. 
Emmanuel Jesus walks with us. Just like he walked with the disciples. So we are not alone, people. We are not alone. Thank God we are not alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are not alone. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. This is a story about David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. It says, And David spake unto the, to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to, this, to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Then he says, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. David knew God. That right there tells you David knew God. David knew Emmanuel, God with him. Not God with us, God with him. It was personal. David knew it. So when we know, when we really know God is with us, that will be our attitude right there. When the devil rises up, we see him working, our attitude will be, who do you think you are? Not, oh, I hope the devil don't attack me. Oh, I I hope he don't. No, my attitude is going to be, devil, who do you think you are? When I know Emmanuel, God with me, God in me, when the devil sticks his ugly head up and tries something, the first thing I'm going to do is turn to God. It's going to be, devil, who do you think you are? Who are you to mess with my family? Who are you to mess with my checkbook? That's where we... My tashikata. We don't know the authority that we have. I mean, God with us. The creator of all things lives in me. God with me. That's why David could say what he did. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare stick his head up and challenge God's people. Who are you? Hmm. Righteous indignation rises up. That's a real thing, people. Righteous indignation. You can be angry and sin not. Righteous indignation rises up against the devil. And you can tell him where he's supposed to go. You can send him back. Say, this is where you're going. Get your hands off. Righteous indignation. 
when we know Emmanuel, God with us, righteous indignation will rise up. Let's go to verse 45, that same 1 Samuel verse 45, 1745. See, this Philistine had done challenged them, done challenged David. The Philistine actually said, well, let's look at verse 43. And the Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, little g gods, by his gods, more than one. Verse 45, Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. David didn't come in the name of a bunch of gods. He came in the name of one, the God, Emmanuel, God with him, God creator of all things. Hmm. Verse 46, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. That's a pretty bold statement. You stand in there facing a man like eight feet tall. And David, from my recollection, he's probably, he's no, not, not any bigger than I am. Maybe not as big as I am. And he's facing a man eight feet, eight feet tall. And he says, I'm fixing to kill you. He said, the Lord will deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from, head from thee. That's what we got to do when the devil comes against us. We got to rise up and say, I'll take, you, I'll take you down, devil. I'll take you down in the name of Jehovah God Almighty. Hallelujah. It says, and I will give... Give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You notice right there in that verse, it says, I will give the carcasses, plural, of the host of the Philistines, plural. David wasn't content to defeat Goliath. Goliath challenged him. He says, I'm going to beat you and your whole army. It says it right there. I'm going to de defeat you. I'm going to kill you, take your head off, and I'm going to defeat all your little minions too. That's what he said carcasses because let's look let's just face it Goliath didn't have but one it would have said carcass it says the host of the Philistines that's an army he says I'm going to defeat you and your army that's because he knew God <laughs> he knew God 
David knew God. David knew God. <laughs> David knew God. We got to know God, not know about God. We got to know Him. We got to know Him. Lots of people know about God, but we got to know Him. We got to know Him. Romans 8, verse 29. Sometimes we know more about the enemy than we know about God. Yeah, we got to be wary. We got to be wise to his devices. But you know how you know how you become wise to the devil's advice devices? It's to know God. Because God knows his devices. I myself don't know them. But if I know God, God knows what the devil's going to do, then God will tell me. Amen. That's how I know the devil's devices. Hallelujah. We got to know this God with us. That's why I had those young ladies to keep singing this morning. I could just feel it in the spirit that there's that, that every time they would sing, and it wasn't for just them, but I could feel it for them. I could feel it for my own self. There's a revelation that just keeps, it's like it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper because it's like you're confessing what, you're confessing the truth. And that truth is just kind of just cinching on down and getting tight. To where you know that you know that you know. And that's what we got to get to. Romans 8, 29. says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed into the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We like the end of that verse right there. If God be for us, who can be against us? But there's something that's got to happen before that becomes a reality. You said it right there. Verse 29 says, we are conformed into the image of Jesus. Emmanuel is formed in us. God is with us. That's got to take place. We've got to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Verse 30 we are called. That called actually means commanded or ordered. We are ordered to be like Jesus. God didn't act, actually, he didn't say, I, I wish you would be like Jesus. I, I would love for you to be like my son. 
He says, I command you. I command you to be like Jesus. I command you to be like Jesus. Then it says, we are justified. We are justified, which means that we become in right standing with God. It means the great I am forgives me of my sins when I confess them, and he moves me into a righteousness, into right standing with God. That's how I am conformed into the image of Jesus. And then it says, we are glorified. Y'all ought to like this one. We are glorified. When we let God work on us and get the junk out of us, it says we are glorified. We are full of glory. <laughs> full of glory. What does full of glory mean? We're full of everything that God is. We are full of glory. We are full of the glory of God. We are full of it. We are full of the glory of God. We have the Holy Ghost. We are full of the glory of God. And then verse 31 comes into play. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's when that comes into play. If God be for us, who can be against us? We are full of the glory of God. This is a picture actually of Jesus being manifested through us. It's our destiny to be conformed into the image of Jesus. It's our destiny. It's our destiny. It's our destiny to look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, see like Jesus, hear like Jesus, speak like Jesus. <laughs> That's our purpose. Like that song they were singing, Mary, did you know? Did you know Jesus was going to heal the blind? Did you know Jesus was going to make the lame to walk? Did you know he was going to conquer the earth? That is our destiny as well. Hallelujah. Let's look at Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. This is the Lord speaking, and he says, Be strong and of good courage. 
Fear not, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, thy God, it is he that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Forsake means leave. He will not leave thee. That's what God said to them. Be strong and of good courage and do not be afraid. I am with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's go to Joshua 1. We're going to see something going on here. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. He said, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Verse 9. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. Don't be confused. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whithersoever thou goest. Hallelujah. He said it again. Be strong and of good courage and don't be afraid. I am with you. Isaiah 41, 10. Isaiah 41, 10. God says, fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I am thy God. Don't be afraid. I am your God. If we know God, then we really know him. We won't be afraid. We won't be afraid. See, the Bible tells us that the enemy comes as a roaring lion. So, yeah, he puts up a front. He tries to make us run and hide to be afraid until the real lion shows up. (laughs) Until the lion of the tribe of Judah shows up. And then he runs and hides. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, verse 18. Twenty-eight, eighteen. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. When he said amen, he said, so be it. He actually established it right there. When we say amen to something, it's like we establish it in the spirit realm. It's settled. It is settled. When we say amen, it is settled. 
And he says, I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never gives up on us. He never runs and hides. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. We are not alone. God is with us. You are not alone. God is with you. Let's, let's say this next one together. I am not alone. God is with me. I am not alone. God is with me. It's, it's not enough that I know he's with me. You've got to know he's with you. You've got to know he's with you. You know we win, don't you? <laughs> we win because Emmanuel is with us. We win. We win. Hallelujah. We win. The devil has read the back of the book too. He knows. We win. Because God is with us. Because Emmanuel showed up on the scene. That's what we're actually celebrating this time of year. They want to commercialize it and celebrate everything else, but reality is we win because Emmanuel showed up. <laughs> we win, Miss Sue. Because Emmanuel showed up. We win because he showed up. Hallelujah. We win because he showed up. Hallelujah. We win. I win because he showed up. I win because he showed up. I win because he showed up. <laughs> I win because he showed up. Yes, glory, hallelujah. I win because he showed up. Thank you, Jesus. I win because he showed up. I win because he showed up. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For some, I'm going to tell y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, uh, about a week ago or so, maybe two weeks, week and a half, I went to the emergency room with a kidney stone. I knew what it was because I'd had one before. They give me pain medicine in the emergency room. They did the little test and tell you what it is, you know, where they run you through that little thing. If you've ever had a kidney stone, you know they hurt. Very, very much. They give me a little, they give me a prescription for some pain medicine in case of you know, because you pass a kidney stone from everything I've ever heard, they hurt very bad. I told them one day, I can't remember if it was, I think it was at church last Sunday. I was praying, I was laying on the couch, just worshiping God. And I had the phone. I was laying on my back and had the phone laying on my belly. I just do that sometimes. It's convenient. <laughs> and I heard in my spirit, put it on your side. I laid it on my side. The pain kept trying to come back. And I thought, well, the medicine's wearing off. That's what's going on in my brain. The pain medicine's wearing off. So I but I did that. I laid it on my side there, propped it up, and just laid there and worshiped for a while. The pain went away. I, uh, but see, the thing is, God didn't tell me, he says, I dissolved the kidney stone. He didn't tell me that. So I didn't say that. That's not what I heard. All I heard was lay the phone there and let the music play. Let the vibrations of heaven do its job. That's what, that's about what, I, that's what I felt in the spirit. Just let the vibrations of heaven. Because the song was anointed. Just let the vibrations of heaven get in you. So I did. I did some stuff in the natural too. I took, I read, done a little research. I drank some lemon juice. That's supposed to help stuff. Miss Char Charlotte gave me something, told me to try, and I did that. Began to do that. But then I passed the kidney stone, and there was absolutely no pain. I'm just saying, God has a way that doesn't make sense to us sometimes. It's like I knew I'd still had the stone because God hadn't told me he had done something with it. He hadn't dissolved it. It's like there was no pain. 
that one time in the hospital was it. I actually carried a pain pill in my pocket for about a week. You know, just in case, because, you know, when that starts, you've got to have something. I carried it in my pocket. Never had to use it. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. First Chronicles 28, verse 20, or verse 10. This is about Solomon building the temple. It says, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Verse 20. This is David talking to his son, Solomon. And David said unto Solomon his son, Be strong. We've heard that before this morning. And of good courage and do it. Fear not nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and do it. Verse 10, it says, The Lord hath chosen thee. You know, God chooses us for certain tasks. The main task He's chosen us for is to represent Jesus. And then sometimes we, he's chosen us to represent Jesus and do other things. He chose me to teach. He's chose Pastor Dana to play. He's chose people to, into different areas. But it does not, those are just like, like branches. But our ultimate choosing is to represent Jesus. Our ultimate choosing is to represent Jesus. And we don't get to choose our purpose. We don't get to choose it, Elder Sandra. God chooses. I didn't choose to be a teacher. God chose me to be a teacher. God chose. And he doesn't make mistakes. God chose you for something he chose you, and he did not make a mistake. <laughs> Every time, Brother Ernie. He chose us. So we have to just do it. We have to step into what he's called us to do. We have to step into our purpose and our destiny. And it says, be not dismayed. That means do not close up. You know, when God chooses you to do something, puts a calling on your life. If we're not, if we feel like we're not qualified, what will we do? We want to run and hide. We'll run from it. We'll, we will run from it. I love Lillian. God called her to be an intercessor. Mighty intercessor. She doesn't run from it. She embraced it. When it was spoken to her that God called her to be an intercessor, as far as I know, she just grabbed a hold of it and been an intercessor from, from then on. 
She just grabbed it. Because she knows it's not, it's not her. It's God in her. It's Emmanuel in her. That's how we got to get with whatever our calling is. It's God in me. It's not me. It's God in me that fulfills that call. So that's what our altar call is going to be this morning. And I want these young ladies to come back and sing. <coughs> if, you, if you know God has called you into something and you're afraid to step into it, afraid you're not qualified, afraid you can't do it, Anything that keeps you from it, I want you to come. I want to pray for you. Don't know how. If you just want to be a, get the revelation that God is in you and that you represent him, I want to pray for you too. So I want to invite you to come. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.